Hey, yo, say hello to the back. Scott Hall. Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA. Oh, it's real. It's damn real. Hi, this is Booker T, the five-time WCW champion. And you listen to SNS Radio Network. Yo, monkeys, it's me, PPP, the king of Adabina, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion. Stay tuned or you will feel Hey, you listen on the SNS Network, and that's the bottom line. The Stone Cold Central. The world is listening. Welcome to the Whole Indie Show, your home for your weekly slice of indie goodness. So it's natural that I ask myself, is this a risk? I'm willing to take. And the answer? Absolutely. If you know something about me, you know that I am trying to change the wave of the future. Jesus was a change with even days on the Innocence, once lost, can never be regained. Darkness, once gazed upon, can never be lost. All things truly wicked start from innocence. Because I want to see you, see me, smash your Come and play. What I want is Brian Danielson's head on a stick. This is my challenge to everybody on the independent scene, and that's to thrive. Thrive to be the best in the world. With your hosts, Sandro Latelpa. Randy McWilliams. I'm just trying to say, see ya. <laughs> Go ahead, say something. And Ashley Richardson. Well, I knew we'd throw the fucking roof on. <laughs> and welcome, ladies, gentlemen, and Ewoks. Yeah, I'm, that's a random shout out to the EFP because I forgot to uh, give them a happy 300th message because I have been exhausted. Hence why everything at, everything at my end personally has gone out the window, out the door. I, the house doesn't have a skylight, but if it, if it did, it would be out the skylight as well. But anyway, <clears throat> this is the whole indie show. This is Ashley and... Joining me this week as uh, Randy isn't able to join us as he's got some internet issues. Basically, I think his router doesn't like him for some reason. I don't know. But uh, Sandra is definitely here with me. So how's your week been, Sandra? So far, pretty good. Pretty good. Nothing uh, out nothing out of the ordinary like with me. It's, it's epic. That, yeah. why, why is it I get the... Why is it I get crapped on? Oh, perhaps it's because I'm English. Yes, I went there. I did a joke against myself. 
Ladies and gentlemen, history is made. So let's start off the news. And after everything we went on last week about PWG, they announced quite a lot of the card for their next show uh, last Thursday. Uh, Not after we finished taping, but the day after taping that we did. Uh, Their show is going to be on October the 19th. So it's the day of the TNA Hall of Fame, and it's the day before Bound for it's the day before Bound for Glory. So really, California is getting one fucking epic weekend in October, even if it does mean AJ leaves TNA. Possibly. That's Styles. That is not Lee. She won't get signed up by, by mysterious accident. So so far. <clears throat> so far for the uh, October the 19th show announced we've got Roderick Strong to be taking on Johnny Gagano the best friends team of Chuck Taylor and Trent will be taking on Rich Swan and AR Fox Brian Cage Tommaso Ciampa, Tony Nese and Drake Younger are going to be in a Fatal 4-Way match Kevin Steen will be taking on ACH I believe for the first time anywhere uh then an interesting tag team match as the young bucks will be taking on joey ryan and candice larae and then the main event apparently he isn't wasting any time kyle o'reilly is cashing in his bowler victory immediately as he takes on adam cole for the pwg world title I mean, that already is stacked. There's probably going to be a couple more matches added to it because they normally have about at least eight, possibly nine shows for each one of the PWG shows. But on on paper so far, Sandro, how does that look to you? Uh, as their past shows, really, really strong. Uh, many of the matches look very interesting. Of course, C and ACH, a very interesting match for me to see. I'm very interested to see that match once the... DVD comes out, but of course that won't happen until uh, some point at the holiday season. The uh, the four way looks very interesting. I will say that uh, that should be uh, definitely a show stealer for sure. The Bucks against the uh, new team of Larray and Joey Ryan should be very interesting as well. The title scene, the title match, excuse me. Um, I'm a bit surprised. I would have thought they would have saved that match for their last show in December, but uh, I don't know. Something tells me that maybe Cole might not lose the belt. But that's just me. But Or uh, is it because our PWG treating this as sort of their end of year thing because basically TNA is there and they're going to trump them possibly. I don't know. I highly doubt that. And I didn't okay, realize it's a different city, but you know. And I I didn't realize that, uh, you know, they're going to have their pay-per-view that weekend. I wasn't even aware of that. So I th- I just think that's kind of uh, funny in a way. So, you know. Yeah, but also epic. <laughs> yeah, don't go to the TNA show. Go to the PWG show. You'll get your money's worth, and I'm pretty sure they'll sell out that oh, place. Keep in mind, of- you're probably paying more for PWG tickets than you are for... <laughs> Bound for glory if um, if they're that low on ticket sales, it'd be like twenty dollars just for general admission. 
to TNA. And then PWG is flat out 30 at least. That's a good point, but with PWG, you get your money's worth and definitely a better product, but that's just me, of course. That's just the indie scene talking, but, you know, we're normally right. Uh, Speaking of tickets, uh, they will be going on sale this coming Thursday, September the 19th at 8 p.m. Pacific time, so that's uh, 11 Eastern. 11 Eastern. So basically, after Impact's finished and you've gone, that's rubbish, uh, buy your tickets, PWG, wherever you are in the world. If you want international times, I don't know what they are. <laughs> Work it out for yourself. <clears throat> yeah, but you better... Do. That looks awesome. Yeah, and as always, Get your tickets fast because they're going to go very quick. Yeah, definitely. Uh, now, after all the hype that we did last week about the uh, Ted Petty Invitational Tournament, uh, some sad news came through this past week as the show has had to be cancelled. Uh, <clears throat> if you want the reason as to this... We can actually go to Ian Rotten's own uh, Facebook post that he's given to it, which uh, says this. Some of you may have seen that guys are saying that they're now open next weekend, and I've waited this long and attempt to get hold of everyone that was booked so the boys would find out from me rather than social media. Many of you may have noticed a lack of updates for the past couple of weeks. I've been battling pancreatitis. Pancreatitis? pancreatitis, sorry, it's medical, I don't know, and my uncontrolled diabetes. I was hospitalized on Friday, August, Friday, August the 30th, and through the processes of treating the pancreatitis and running other tests on me, I was diagnosed with gastric stomach cancer. Uh, I will be undergoing chemotherapy on Wednesday, so that's uh, Wednesday just gone. Twice, twice a week for the next six weeks in an effort to get rid of this, which is being diagnosed and told to me as in very early stage. Uh, I'm not asking for anybody's sympathy. I'm not asking for anybody's money. If you've bought tickets to either the September or the October show, your money will be returned to you within the next two weeks. I do ask, though, if you believe in our Lord Almighty that you say a prayer for me, and if you don't, any good vibes will definitely be appreciated too. I realize in this day and age, to some people, this may even be good news. To those people, I hope that this terrible disease never strikes your family. To the people I was unable to get hold of, and you're finding out this way, I apologize. But our fans deserve to know, and with guys saying that they were open next week, next weekend and stuff it, it was time to give them an answer. Know that I'm not writing a bucket list and I am planning for the future. To the boys I spoke to today, thank you very much for your overwhelming support. I can't tell you how much your words of encouragement and love have meant to me getting through this beyond harsh day. My hopes are in seven weeks I'm given a clean bill of health and to begin preparing a great show for the first weekend in December. Thanks to all for understanding and I hope you have a blessed day. So yeah, that that's the reason why it's been cancelled, and 
no doubt everybody here on uh, the show and probably the network wishes Ian a uh, safe recovery uh, from his chemotherapy. Yeah, it's uh, very sad to hear about what happened to Ian. Uh, I know a lot of people don't have a lot of good to say about Ian because of his past, but, you know, at the same time, uh, nobody really deserves this. And uh, uh, I'm sure nobody is upset at him uh, canceling the shows. Uh, pretty sure health and family comes first. And, yeah, we, we all wish him uh, the best. And, you know, keep him in your prayers and hopefully he'll get through with this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next up in the news, uh, they have announced Block A for the Triangle League for the uh, WXW shows that are happening. They are all in Germany again. I can't remember. Yes. From last week was, yeah. Uh, so, for the first night, you're going to see AR Fox take on Zack Saber Jr. and Drew Gulak take on Ricochet. Night two, we'll have AR Fox versus Ricochet and Gulak versus Saber Jr. And then the final night, completing the <clears throat> the group as if it's like some sort of World Cup thing. AR Fox will be taking on Drew Gulak. And Ricochet will be taking on Zack Sabre Jr. AR Fox versus Ricochet could be interesting, though, for the second night. That's all I'm saying. Well, I'm pretty sure they have tons of tons of matches in the past. Of course, they have another match coming up here in New York City, uh, which I think is next weekend. So, you know, I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure they have a good match. And uh, for those that don't know, this is a round-robin-style tournament. So, um, if I'm not mistaken, I believe points are involved. And so far, uh, these are the matches announced for the tournament itself. Uh, probably in the next couple of weeks, we'll find out for Block B and Block C. Um, I'm guessing because of the way it's listed, it probably is going to be one a week, I'm guessing. More oh. than likely. Um, news that uh, Sandra is epically excited about. Alison Kay is making her return to shine Woo! at the end of this month, which I won't be able to see at all because uh, I'll be in London. <laughs> oh, you're going for the uh, gaming expo or something like that? Yeah, <clears throat> the, uh, the, yeah the gaming convention thing. Yeah, so it, it's at that time and Plus, uh, plus that day, I think I'll be too busy watching um, the UK premiere of Marvel's Agents of Shield. Anyway, so oh, nice! I'll be geeked out. <laughs> uh, which is, I guess, it's a good thing being overly geeked. Um, anyway, jumping back to news. Uh, this past weekend, CZW show was originally supposed to be an iPay-per-view, but uh, at the last minute, relatively, RF Video had to put out a message saying that they had to cancel it, but would be uh, giving people a full refund, but they will still be able to get access to the video on demand. Basically, what it is, is this kind of the same issues that uh, Wrestling Is Cool had for their 
Endless Winter I pay-per-view a few weeks back in the case that the internet capabilities at the venue weren't able really to set to uh, handle the live stream. Except in this case, with the with the Dayton, Ohio venue, they'd been told that they would be able to handle it, but after doing some tests and everything, it looks like it won't be. Yeah. It's a bit uh, crappy. Yeah, it is, but uh, I think this was a smart move for ZZW and RF Video to do. Uh, announcing this, you know, a uh, few hours in advance. I know there were a few people that were complaining about, you know, not watching the show live. But let's be realistic. They can't really stream the show. Uh, you know, uh, it will be impossible to watch. But the fact that people are still complaining about it, even though they announced it, you know, hours in advance, is just mind-boggling. And, you know, good for both ZZW and our video for you know, being straight, being honest and telling them, hey, the building uh, doesn't have good uh, internet connections. We're having problems with this, so we can't stream it, but we're going to offer, you know, the show on video on demand. And, you know, they offered refunds if the fans wanted it. So, you know, you still got a show, even though it might have been 24 hours later. So I, I, I just don't understand the people that just whine and bitch about stuff like this. And those who did want a full refund would still get access to the show on video on demand to compensate. So you were getting the product for free anyway. So what are you complaining about a free show for? Yeah. To be quite honest. I mean, if I think there was. If, uh, just let me say this uh, quick. I mean, if I had pre ordered the show, you know, this happened and for me a full refund, I would say, you know what? Keep the money because I pay for it. You know, I want to support the product. You know, I think people should realize that, you know, you're supporting a, a product, you know. Yeah. Even if they have a situation like this and, you know, they offer you a refund, you know, just say, no, you know, I want to support your product. You know, keep the money. Don't worry about it. I'm still getting the show regardless. Yes, absolutely. Um, kind of related into this, uh, Evolve in their latest press release have said that they're not sure about how good the internet capabilities are going to be at the venues that they've got set for Evolve 23 and 24. Uh, so they're not guaranteeing that you're going to get it live as an iPay-Per-View. You might be getting it on a couple of hours delay, they've said. Um, or like VOD video on demand style. At the, uh, but they haven't really said it's going to be like a next day thing. So the fact that, you know, Evolver, or Dragon Gate Evolve, I guess you could call them, are basically able to do a tape delay sort of thing for their shows, I think is even more of a good deal for those people that, you know, they want it live, but they can't obviously have it live due to the capabilities and everything. So. Yeah, I apl applaud Evolve for that one, definitely. Yeah, and let's be realistic. Um, the Dragon Gate shows and the Evolve shows, as far as the live at pay-per-views, don't really have the best track record as far as the live streams because there's always streaming issues. There's always audio issues, picture issues. 
So I really don't mind uh, if they want to go as a VOD uh, delay. I think it would be a really smart move so they could avoid all the hiccups, you know, as far you know, rather than showing them live and, you know, having problems and, you know, trying to fix it as fast as they could. So to me, it's really a smart move to do this instead. Just for Dranga USA, you know, slash Vol. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Now, you'll remember that a few weeks ago we talked about uh, Athena and being out indefinitely with a... I'm trying to think it was... Uh, well, I'll get the details here because... Um, she has set up, or somebody set up for her, a give forward fundraiser thing. I think it's it's not the same as it's not the same website. I think as what Masada got, but it's it's the same process. It's basically donate to uh, help out a wrestler kind of thing. Uh, just having a look at the details. Yeah, she suffered a grade two. AC tear and a bruised shoulder blade with cartilage damage as a result of landing badly after getting German suplex during a match for the secret show. Uh, because of the injury she incurred, a large amount of medical expenses have mounted up, including ER visit, MRI, x-rays and physical therapy. This also means she won't be able to compete on upcoming shows. Recovery time is estimated four to six months, so it's... Thankfully, it doesn't look to be indefinite now, possibly. But, and uh, I'm, I'm looking at the, uh, the website, uh, the page for this, and she's halfway there as far as the uh, money. She's oh, about, she's, uh, yeah. she's over halfway. Yeah. Yeah, so there's still like 20 days left. So if you want to help out Athena, uh, you can. You know, just go to the link and... You know, donate what you can. You don't have to, but if you want to, you can help her out if you like. And not, not and kind of in a Kickstarter style uh, show of appreciation, any donations of ten dollars or more will receive an autographed promo picture of her, and anyone who donates twenty five dollars or more will receive a free WSU DVD which features Athena. I'm looking at some of the contributions. There's been quite a lot of uh, hundred dollar contributions, quite a few twenty uh, fives, quite a few tens, just a whole load. It's t- too many. Well, I would yeah, it's too many really for me to go through. But it's uh, it's good to see definitely. So give if you can, or if not, spread the word because. Athena is definitely uh, definitely worth giving your money to, I think. She is a prospect which, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see her possibly in WWE within the next few years. I guess if oh, she yeah. impresses the right people. Yeah, she definitely has potential uh, in the future, but, uh, you know, time will tell. Indeed. Um, now, interesting bit of news, which is rather unexpected. 
Ring of Honor has announced that BJ Whitmer, despite suffering that stinger only, I'd say, was it about six weeks ago? Yeah, just about. Was it? Yeah, about six weeks ago, will be returning at the Death Before Dishonor show, which is a couple of weeks away, I believe. Uh, I think it's next weekend, if I'm not mistaken. Isn't yeah, next week. Because it's yeah, it's going head to head with the Evolve stuff, pretty much. So, is it is it an in ring return? Is it or just? No, no. What this is, he's yeah. gonna just announce his future as far as uh, if he has a chance of even wrestling. So he'll be at the show, and he'll have a uh, announcement to make regarding his future. Right. They've also announced that at the show, uh, Jay Briscoe will be handing the title over, I believe, won't he, to uh, whoever is the champion at the end of the night. Yeah. In the Ring of Honor tournament. Uh, now, interesting bit of news from WWN Live uh, announcing that they're finalizing the details of the WWN Live experience in New Orleans. They can confirm that they will be having shows on. Thursday, April the 3rd, Friday, April the 4th, and Saturday, April the 5th. The shows on Friday and Saturday will both be full days of shows from different brands. So you, I mean, well, it's WWN Live, so it could be anybody under that banner. So I guess you could have a Shine show from them, Shimmer, I guess, because WWN Live did the Shimmer show, didn't they, last year? Yeah, uh, I... Well, we're not sure what's going to happen, but we'll find out in a couple of weeks. So, is it going to be Shine or Shimmer? Yeah, as well as Dragon Gate USA and Evolve. Mm-hmm. And possibly something else that we don't know. But, yeah, that's definitely... More details will be revealed, hopefully, next week in time for us to cover it on next week's show. Uh, but they have announced that the combination for the style battle tournament as well for Evolve 23. Uh, the four-way elimination matches and the winners of each go through to the finals and then the losers go into a six-way freestyle. So in match one, we've got Josh Alexander, Biff Busick, Maxwell Chicago, and Andrew Everett. And then in the second match, we've got Lindsay Dorado, Drew Gulak, Shane Strickland, and Mr. Touchdown Mark Angelicetti. That's that's a good mix there because you've kind of got a, a mix in each of them of the technical style of wrestlers against the high flyers. Yeah, really good timing. So, yeah, I like the way they've put that together, so both showcasing the the best of each so we'll probably pre- we'll preview that more next week because Sandro's going no, it's 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 a good excuse isn't it? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh so 
now we jump into some more international news. And firstly, I think, uh, do you want to go through the New Japan results first? Uh, yeah, if you want, we'll, I'll just quickly breeze through, through them. Because, uh, uh, you know, I want, I want to leave a Jeff Jarrett announcement, so. <laughs> okay. Uh, this took place uh, last week, uh, September 5th, which I believe was a Thursday, was the uh, special iPay-per-view slash uh, TV taping, which uh, this was a show that cost like about 10 bucks, if I'm not mistaken. Took place at Kirk and Hall. Uh, first match, we had uh, the time splitters of Kushida and Alex Shetty, Shelley, excuse me, defeating the young rookies of Sho Tanaka and Yohei Komatsu, Komatsu in about 10 minutes. Uh, next match, tag match, as uh, Takashi Izuka and Yoshihashi defeating the team of Yuji Nagata and Takaki Watamanabe. Uh, next match was the six-man tag as the team of Manabu Nakanishi, Jushin Thunder Liger, and Taika Mask 4 defeating the uh, Bullet Club team of Carl Anderson, Tamatanga, and Ray Bucanero. Next match, uh, we had a tag match as Prince Devitt and Bad Luck Folly defeating the team of Toge Makabe and Captain New Japan. In a uh, special eight-man elimination match, uh, the Suzuki Gun team of Minoru Suzuki, Shelton Benjamin, Taka Mishinoku, and Taichi defeating the Chaos team of Shinsuke Nakamura, Toru Yano, Tomohiro Ishii, and Jado in uh, 16 minutes. Don't really have a detail about the elimination, but uh, the Suzuki Gun team wins. Uh, next match was the main event was another eight-man elimination tag team match as once again the uh, well actually the, the other chaos team of Kazuchika Okada, Masato Tanaka, Yujiro Takahashi, and Jado defeating the team of Satoshi Kojima, Tetsuya Naito. Tomoaki Hanuma and Bushi in uh, 22 minutes and 34 seconds. Uh, some notes from the match. Apparently, uh, Ron Conway made an appearance, the NWA champion, and decided to defend his belt against Jushin Thunder Liger. And right, I'm not sure when that match has... Uh, not sure when it's going to happen, but by guess, it will take place on the Destruction pay-per-view in about uh, two weeks or so, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, that's something to do with the NWA, I guess. So it, uh, it should be interesting. <laughs> randomly showed up saying, Pikachu, I choose you. It's like, what? Oh, NWA, what have you become? Anyway, um... Yeah, do you want to cover the debut for Wrestle One now? Because that could have been br- it. Kind of was brilliant and stupid at the same time, I guess. Yeah, this was uh, an interesting show of sorts. But uh, yeah, Wrestle One had their debut show uh, last Sunday at the uh, Tokyo Dome City Hall, which was actually really well attended they actually sold out the entire venue with uh 2500 people in attendance uh very good supernova vacancy full house as they call it over there 
Yeah, pretty much. Uh, very good attendance. Uh, pretty strong for their debut. Uh, Kenta Kobashi came out uh, alongside Keiji Muto to uh, greet the fans. And uh, uh, Kobashi was uh, announced as the special guest commentator for the show. Uh, first match was uh, Hiroshi Yamato and a new uh, rookie debu- debuting for the promotion. Uh, Daike Inaba uh, to take on the team of uh, Nosawa and Masada. And no, not that Masada. This is a different Masada. And uh, the team of Yamato and Inaba defeated the team of Nosawa and Masada in about 6 minutes and 38 seconds. Next match, uh, we had a special tag match as the zero one team of Ruji Sai and Kohei Sato defeated the team of Ryoto Hama, who was dressed, believe it or not, he was exactly dressed as Rikishi with the you know with the tights and everything. So that was Did he do it for The Rock? Uh, I I think he did it for Mudo, I'm not sure. <laughs> but it was a uh, not really a good image to see him in that attire, I'll say that. And uh, he was teamed with uh, Yasufubi uh, Nakayone, and as I say, they lost. But uh, bad things sort of happened in this match. Apparently, uh, Hanma injured Kohei Saito because there was a spot where he did the... Uh, you know, you remember the spot that Umaga used to do when he had the, his opponent in the turnbuckle, and then he would charge and ram his ass into the opponent's face? Full impact. Oh, yeah. Well, Hama did that, and Kohei Saito is supposedly uh, injured because uh, he had a uh, an eye an eye injury, and supposedly his eye socket is completely dislocated, and he has to go under wow. uh, some medical exams to see if this is serious. And this is really bad because this is the uh, it was a very similar injury that uh, one uh, Milano Collection AT had. And that resulted him to retire early, which was a damn shame. And uh, a lot of the uh, Japanese media is, uh, you know, concerned about this. And they worried about Sato's uh, career because this could be career threatening. So hopefully uh, he'll be all right. And there'll be nothing serious out of this. Uh, next match was a, uh, a Joshi's uh, showcase match as the stardom uh, promotion had a one-on-one match as uh, Yoshiko defeated Mayu Iwata. Six minutes and twenty-six seconds. Next match was a, a tag team match as the team of Minoru Tanaka and Koji Kanemoto de- uh, defeating the team of Fujita Junior Hayato and Masake Mochizuki of Dragon Gate. And I heard this match was a really good match. And um, I haven't seen the show personally, but I, uh, when I get a chance, I, I'll try to watch it. Uh, another match was a, another tag match as the team of Daisuke Tsukiboto and Yuji Okobayashi from Big Japan uh, defeating the team of Kaz Hayashi and Shuji Kondo. Uh, I heard this was another good match from what I heard, a lot of positive reviews. Uh, another interesting tag match as Laughter 7 from New Japan of 
Kazuche uh, Sakuraba and Katsuyori Shibata defeating the team uh, Masuka Yoki uh, Kono and Masakatsu Funaki. Uh, very uh, stiff match from what I heard and uh, very surprised to hear that uh, Shibata and Sakuraba made an appearance here. Uh, let's see. Next match was a one-on-one -on -one match as Kai defeating the returning uh, Seiya Sonata after touring in Canada. So this was a big surprise from the crowd. Nobody expected him to return, but uh, sort of lost. But uh, from what I heard, it was another good match from the two. Really good showcase between the two. And in the main event, um, I don't know what to describe it. To me, when I found out about this match, I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> in a tag match, it was KG Muro teaming with Bob Sapp, oh. defeating, defeating the team of Rene Dupree and <laughs> Zod what? Yeah, Rene Dupree and Zodiac. And uh, no, it's not. It's not a uh, Brutus Beefcake. No, it's not him. Um, it's actually uh, Aaron Aguilar. You might remember him. You might remember him from the WWE when he was the bodyguard for Carlito uh, under the name Jesus. That's uh, Jesus. Brilliant. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. Uh, kind of surprised for that main event. Uh, personally, I don't want to watch that match. But uh, overall, from what I heard, this was a pretty successful debut show. And... I believe they have uh, two more shows later this month, uh, house shows, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, overall, a pretty uh, successful show, despite the uh, main event for what it was. So, not too bad, then. Uh, did, did you mention the Jeff Jarrett announcement? I was going to bring that up. Uh, oh, there you go. Before the main event before the main event actually happened, uh, there was an announcement that uh, TNA's Jeff Jarrett will be making his debut for Wrestle 1 on the October 6th show, which will be held in Currican Hall. So, uh, personally, not really surprised that anybody from TNA, for that matter, will make an appearance at this promotion. So, it uh, should be interesting to see where this goes as... Yeah, right. but he hasn't been on—he hasn't been seen on TNA television for about nine months. So, well, at the same time, uh, he showed up for AAA uh, earlier this year, and the guy wasn't even exactly. active in TNA. Although to be uh, granted, uh, that was like his only appearance this year in Mexico. So, um, any more international news? Uh, that's about it as far as international news, news excuse me, but uh, I do have a few more news bits uh, I need to mention. No problem. Uh, on Tuesday, uh, FWE, uh, Family Wrestling Entertainment out of here in New York City, announced that due to uh, Ring of Honor's um, contracts, uh, FWE was forced to pull out a few of their talents for, well, actually, Ring of Honor talent for the next show, which will happen next month in October. And they are Jay Lethal, Mike Bennett, 
I think that's I think those are the two, if I'm not mistaken. And there's a possibility that Maria may also be pulled out, but the messed up thing is that she's their women's champion. So there's no any confirmation if Maria's gonna get pulled from the show. But uh you know, kinda bad for FWE for this to happen. But at mm-hmm. the same time, uh this really isn't shocking news because Ring of Honor has had this rule for at least a few months. So I'm kind of surprised that people are shocked from this news. And of course, they're, you know, shitting on Ring of Honor saying, oh, how could, you know, they do this and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, the internet is wrong. (laughs) Well, to the extent I would agree, but, uh, you know, they uh they're gonna have to make some changes and um hopefully in the upcoming weeks they'll make a final card uh for the next show which will take place on October twelfth. Yes. Um now I think the one thing any other things apart from the one thing that you kind of teased on the unplugged? That's about it. Okay, we'll get into that then. Yes. Um, I was kind of, I was only brought, I was only brought aware to this by uh, Kevin Steen on his Twitter account over the weekend because he randomly retweeted this. But yeah, Gunner's got a problem with somebody. Uh, care to elaborate, Sandra? Yes, uh, as you said, I was also aware of this uh, by Kevin Singh because he uh, retweeted it, if I'm not mistaken. Apparently, uh, a TNA nobody uh, named Gunner, which uh, I forgot what he looked like, but anyways, uh, apparently made a rant on Twitter and pretty much uh, putting down a certain independent promotion. And this promotion is none other than $5 Wrestling. And here's what he said. He says, and I quote, $5 wrestling is a joke to the world of pro wrestling, and anyone a part of it is contributing to this disgracing this business. Retweet that. So Kevin Steen did. Yeah. And a lot of people did. So um, me personally, I don't follow five dollar wrestling uh but i i think it's just funny for somebody uh it doesn't even matter if it's you know wwe or tna but i just find it kind of funny that you want to crap on uh, any promotion uh just because well i don't know if he's jealous that they're doing well or he just doesn't like the product itself but, you know, $5 wrestling, you know, they have a following. Uh, I think they're doing pretty well. Um, and, of course, uh, I haven't heard any responses from anybody involved in that promotion that has um, retali- retaliated against uh, Gunner, whatever his name is. But uh, I just think it's a waste of time for him to just even say this. I mean... 
you can think what you want, but at the same time, you know, it's just a small independent promotion. Why are you wasting your time with this? And bear in mind, he says, you know, anybody who contributes to it is doing a detriment to the business. I'm in the UK. You know how much I pay a year for my TNA coverage? Zero. Because I get it all for free. Via Challenge Television. I have to pay $5 a show for $5 wrestling if I wanted to see it. So I'm actually contributing to their upkeep more than I am for TNA's uh, current state of affairs kind of thing. Perhaps that's why they're in such financial trouble. If they ask people to pay like £2.50 or £3 to watch the pay-per-view, even if it was on tape delay like it is currently, they'd make more money. Oh, wait, they can't afford to do that because they're doing all these stupid uh, TNA tapings and everything. Seriously, having Lady Tapas going over on Ivelisse again? No. Just no. And also, uh, how, how the hell did Chili de Melissa look better wrestling than Gail Kim? Yeah. I think that tells you quite a bit. I did have to watch that thing because of how many indie talents were on there. And to me, the indie talents stood out more than quite a lot of the contracted TNA talents. And, you know, as I said, uh, I don't follow $5 wrestling, but, you know, from what I heard, I've heard nothing but positive things. Uh, people enjoy this promotion and it, you know, got somewhat of attention throughout the IWC and you know, they, they went pretty well from what I hear. And uh, of course um, the man scout, Jake Manning is uh, the one in, uh, in charge of this promotion. And you know, they go to the shows and they're enjoying the product. So it sounds like a success to me. Uh, you know, as I said, you're just wasting your time. You're not going to get anything out of this. Keyfabe, he declared the death of it, but I think, I, I don't know what the buys were for the show, but I'm pretty sure it probably did pretty well because of the hype it was getting and everything. And uh, there is a new champion as well. Freight Train did drop the belt. And the whole idea was, oh, Freight Train's going to lose the belt and everybody's not going to care about $5 wrestling. But the fact is, the guy that's won it, Big Donnie, who legit is a big guy, um kind of now he's hated but it's also a kind of well we're supporting you because even uh, your so called owner didn't have any belief in you so it's kind of it's kind of like old school McMahon versus Austin except it's everybody versus uh, Jake Manning which I think is a genius kind of move for him to do in order to get more word out there for the promotion. And it also helps when uh, Colt and Marty do some ridiculous commentary on it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there you go. That's that's kind of the... Re- that's all I can review- give you as a review for $5 Wrestling as well because I can't find results anywhere. It's quite, the only way I'm going to find out what happened is if they put up like a 
uh, video on the uh, High Spots YouTube page. It's the only way I'll probably find out. This is a shame. But anyway, speaking of results, uh, let's go through the results from this past week. Starting off with CWF Mid-Atlantic's Wild Things. We didn't cover this last week, mainly because we completely forgot about this one. And because there were other shows going on and everything as well. And also because we went a little bit longer last week than I I thought we were going to. But anyway. Uh, we had the team of Evan Banks, Eric Andrews, Matt Houston and Lewis Moore beat Charlie Weston, Mecca Mercenary, Michael McAllister and Smith Garrett. Uh, Chase Dakota defeated the RGL champion show smooth Chris Lee when he used the ropes illegally. So I don't know whether he's still the champion or whether the referee noticed it. So the title didn't change hands. I'm not sure. Uh, Zane Dawson defeated Brandon Day. Lance Lude and Donnie Dollars defeated Nicholas Richards and Jason Millican when Lude made Richards submit. Aaron Biggs defeated Manny Garcia. Matty De Niro did, retained his Mid-Atlantic television title against Chet Sterling. Then after his match, he challenged the Mid-Atlantic heavyweight champion, Eric Royal, to a champion versus champion match at the CWF Rumble happening October the 5th. Uh, then next match saw Trevor Lee defeat Roy Wilkins in a rematch on the Weave, from the Weaver Cup tournament after capitalizing on interference from Chet Sterling. Uh, Lee Valiant and the Kamikaze Kid beat Rick Converse and Xeris to win the Mid-Atlantic Tag Team titles. And then during this match, which actually was the main event, which is an interesting, uh, Ray Kandrak and the Goon Squad made a shocking appearance, attacking all of them. And Eaton and Wilkins left with the tag team belts. I expect this to probably be continued partially anyway at the show that they've got next weekend, Fire and Desire which is a co-promoted event with several local fire departments in the area, as donations will be accepted all night long for the Alamance County Firemen's Association, and many area firefighters will be present at the event as well. So it's a a nice little, I guess, benefit, charity benefit event, which is uh, always good. You know, you always believe in charity and everything. Uh, Next up, PWX. And their Friday show, Funny Draws Money, we haven't got the results for the Saturday one. I think because it's TV tapings and I don't want to really spoil the TV tapings. Uh, So, Andrew Everett defeated Lance Lude. Uh, The ITV title was changed, well, had a change of hands as Mr. Elite Drew Myers beat Chip Day to win it with a German suplex with only 45 seconds left on the, uh, I think it's like a 15-minute time limit. Uh, Cheerleader Melissa defeated Mia Yim in her PWX debut with a kryptonite crunch. Colt Cabana beat Zane Riley with a crucifix roll-up after countering a Death Valley driver attempt. 
Uh, the number one contenders match between Los Bendejos and the worst case scenario ended in a double countout. So then the official announcement was made that uh, the following night would see both teams take on Jake Manning and John Skyler to, for the belts that Manning and Skyler had. Uh, Joey Ryan beat Jake Manning with a super kick to win his debut match in PWX. And in the main event, Caleb Conley successfully retained his PWX title against Matt Stryker after locking on the O-Face submission. And then afterwards, apparently, Stryker did say that WWE should use the money from not re-signing him to give Caleb Conley a uh, contract. Which I don't know if that says a lot, because then if they give the money that he isn't getting anymore, that probably means he'll just be left as a jobber. I'd have thought. That might be a bit harsh. but In fact, it probably is. Uh... Next up, CZW and the Deja Vu show. Uh, we saw Greg Excellent beat David Starr. Dave Chris beat Biff Busick, but Dave Chris was left unconscious in the ring following the match, thanks to Biff Busick. Uh, the Catalyst defeated Aeroform. Nevaeh and Kimberly apparently went to a double pin. So they both win and they both lose. That doesn't make sense. Anyway, uh, Aaron Williams beat Matt Taylor. Black G's defeated Caleb Conley. Uh, the team of AR Fox and Shane Strickland defeated Alex Colon and Andrew Everett by double disqualification. So I'm guessing that means Fox and Strickland are definitely in. Because the whole were... idea is whoever lost got um, eliminated. But because it was a double disqualification, does that mean both Colon and Everett are gone? Or are they going to have to have like a one-on-one -on -one match against each other to decide who goes on to the ladder match? Well, they, they, said, they, make some, they, they said they would make some sort of now, but uh, I haven't. Uh, see any announcements so far so we'll, hopefully we'll find out yeah. before we end recording um, Drew Gulak successfully defended the CZW world title against Shane Hollister Ron Mathis defeated Tommy Dreamer and in the main event DJ Hyde beat Jake Crist in the no rope barbed wire match but then after the match Dave Christ attacked DJ Hyde. So apparently now both Chris brothers have problems with DJ Hyde now. Happy times. <laughs> well, they, and well, both fine. Them, well, both had again? problems with both True, had, yeah. had problems with DJ Hyde, so not really surprised. True. And then finally, uh, Ring of Honor's Road to Greatness. First of all, night one. Uh, the dark match saw Cheeseburger, Will Ferreira, and Nick Merriman defeat Aaron Solo, Mike Dean, and Travis Banks. And then on the main card, Roderick Strong beat Raymond, Rau Raymond Rowe. Adrenaline Rush defeated the Alabama Attitude of Mike Posey and Corey Hollis. QT Marshall with Ada Scott defeated Cheeseburger after Vader Scott distracted the ref with an injury. 
Davy Richards beat Matt Taven with Truth Martini via submission in a non-title match. Jay Lethal defeated Luke Hawks. Both Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly came out successful in their singles matches against both Caprice Coleman and Cedric Alexander via submission. And then in the main event, Kevin Steen and Unbreakable Michael Elgin beat Adam Cole and Tommaso Ciampa via uh, Steen giving a package pole driver. I think it was to uh, Cole. But uh, one thing worth mentioning, at one point, uh, Elgin had the cross face on Ciampa and Steen had the uh, sharpshooter on uh, Cole. Which, of course, is ironic considering what happened in PWG. Obviously, they're not the same company, so you won't have the same storyline, but considering what happened six nights before, it's a little ironic. Uh, And then on night two, uh, it started off with Tommaso Ciampa beating Luke Hawks, uh, Kevin Steen beating QT Marshall, Michael Elgin beat Raymond Rowe, uh, Mike Bennett defeated Davey Richards, but... Interesting to note here, Bennett apparently tapped late so the ref didn't see it. And then Richards cut a promo after the match referencing rumours that he was going to a company up north but said that being the best wrestler in the world was more important than money and warned Bennett that the war is on. So that means he's probably going in three months. (laughs) Uh, Jay Lethal won his Proving Ground match against Matt Taven so he will be taking on uh, Taven for the TV title in Philly, which that's Death Before Dishonor weekend, isn't it? I'm trying yeah, to remember. Is. I think it is. Uh, then the Proving Ground Instant Reward four-corner tag saw Red Dragon deny everyone the title shot after Bobby Fish pinned ACH after O'Reilly hit a brain buster. And uh, then the main event, the Ringmasters Challenge match. The first fall saw Cole beat Strong with the Florida Key. The second fall saw Strong beat Cole via submission with the Stronghold. So then we had to go to the 15-minute Ironman match. Uh, Strong took the first fall. Cole took the second and then the third to take a 2-1 lead and manage to kill the clock to defeat Strong two falls to one and two falls to one as well in the uh, overall Ringmasters Challenge match. Then afterwards, Elgin cut a promo on Cole and hyped the Death Before Dishonor show in a few weeks and put over the crowd that were there in uh, Birmingham, Alabama. And something worth uh, noting, this is mild spoilers, by the way, for SmackDown this Friday. But a certain Robert Evans uh, apparently shows up on it. Now, you know, is, is this the doppelganger, Sandro, that we've heard about? Uh, could be. That's sure. Oh, Shikara conspiracies continue, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, with that, that is uh, 
all your news for this week. Uh, as I noticed that we've nearly gone an hour on this segment, at least as we're recording it, which isn't isn't great. But hopefully the next few segments won't be too long. As uh, coming up later, we'll have your preview of all the week's uh, events. Plus, hope if we've got any emails, we will uh, be reading them out. But next up, it's another review from us, and this time. We're going to take a look at the Shine 12 show, which, yeah, compared to previous shows, was an interesting one, shall we say. I know I use that word too much, interesting, but, yeah, um, stuff happened, that's how I'll say. So, with that, we will see you in a few minutes, and uh, this song, as we go to break, is dedicated to Gunner. So, uh, we'll, as I say, we'll see you in a few minutes, guys. Unplugged has returned to the airwaves. You can check out the Bronx Father, Tony J. Mirabella, and of course, Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson, every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, as they discuss the happenings from Monday Night Raw, NXT, the latest news of the week, sponsored by our good friends over at Wrestling-Online.com. And then things get a little interesting as the topics could change from week to week, including topics such as the supernatural, conspiracy theories. Basically, whatever the hell these guys want to talk about, they're going to cover it every Tuesday night right here on the SNS Radio Network. SNS Unplugged is back, baby. Uncensored. Unbelievable. Unplugged. Hey guys, JJ Sexay here. Are you looking for the latest news in both professional wrestling and mixed martial arts? Well, check out www.wrestling-online.com. Sign up for one of the longest-running newsletters in professional wrestling over 16 years. And just like Wrestling News Live, it's absolutely free. Join over 27,000 other subscribers, wrestling-online.com. You will learn to pronounce my name properly. Wrestling dash online dot com. <laughs> 
Let's go to our ring announcer. Wrestling fans, your ring announcer here, Sean Beckerman, and I'm proud to present to you the Pro Wrestling Nostalgia Podcast that's taking the IWC by storm beyond the bell. On each edition, we cover a different theme, taking you back in time to relive the greatest and worst in professional wrestling. We go behind the mic, where you will get backstage stories from the perspective of a pro wrestling ring announcer on the independent circuit. Find out what it was like to announce some of the greatest stars in pro wrestling history and the funny stories behind the scenes. And we wrap it all up with old school wrestling music. So tune in to Beyond the Bell each and every week on the SNS Radio Network. And I'll see you at the matches. It's go time! Every week on the SNS Radio Network, enter a dimension of sight and of sound, of pro wrestling, of impact and SmackDown. Every Friday night at 10 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Mountain, get in the zone right here on the SNS Radio Network with the Bronx Father, covering all things impact, all things SmackDown. Tune in. But be warned, once you get in the zone, you can never get out. <laughs> I will punch you in the face. And welcome back to the whole indie show with Sandro and Ashley. And that music that you heard was apparently the new official, unofficial theme for Daphne's All-Star Squad, a.k.a. Ass. Um, I must say, recorded-wise, it's a lot better than it was live. And sadly... That's that's the overall opinion that I have to give for the Shine 12 show, which we'll get into now. First of all, I want to note this now because I don't want to do it at the end. The crowd was pretty much dead for the whole thing. Apart from some flourishes like here and there, the crowd just didn't give a damn. They were either too drunk with the tipping their bartenders or whatever. Or, you know, they were doing something else. Here's I can't say they were watching here. football because it was on a Friday and it was before the football was even on. Here's my theory on, I think, why uh, it was somewhat dead. I think that they were probably new either to wrestling or shine in general because the crowd, it didn't seem like the regular crowd that always appears for the shine shows. It seems like there were new people in the crowd. So my guess is that they were probably confused at what they were watching throughout the entire night. There's but, only women wrestling? 
Oh my god. But yeah, this crowd holy crap. Yeah, they were pretty much dead throughout the entire night. There were a few uh I guess I guess they were awake for, uh during certain times of the flourishes. show. Flourishes. Flourishes here and there. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, just nothing. So the show started off with Daphne's ass. That's all Star Squad, by the way. Um, Nikki Rocks and Solo Darling taking on the West Coast Connection team of Tracy Taylor and Sue Young. A um, couple of nice bits that did happen in this. There was some random, like, Dancing with the Stars tango Lambada session, which I don't get. And then there was simultaneous uh, airplane helicopter spins going on. But to rather than like a double team of people on the same team, it was, I think it was Nikki and Tracy Taylor and Solo Darling and Sue Young, from what I remember, doing the spins on each other, but one of each team basically getting spun around. Which kind of didn't make sense on a booking sense either, but uh, overall, Daphne's team gets the win after Nikki Rocks hit Sue Young with the Barbie Killer. And yeah, this was an okay-ish match, I'll say that. First off, um, I did not like the uh, the theme music for the All-Star Squad. Uh, personally, if you listen I, to, as I say, if you listen to the track normally, it's okay. But live, oh! So I was trying to say, personally, I hate dubstep music. Can't what? stand it. I don't get it. But uh, you know, hearing that on on the live show, it sounded the drizzling shit because nobody in the crowd really gave a fuck. They were either dead. Uh, they could really, they couldn't care less about you know the this group that was playing the song. You do know the and, group's uh, called Dead Starsky, so no wonder the crowd was dead. That's probably true, but the match itself uh, it was decent, uh, decent opener. But uh, I think the weird thing uh, to me was you had two babyface teams, you know, facing each other. So to me, that was a bit strange. Note to self, change the uh, song of the night because Sandra doesn't like dubstep. Damn it, you made that awkward, Sandra. Anyway, uh, speaking of aw- speaking of awkward, it takes about two minutes for the music then to kick in <laughs> and for them to start singing again. Well, singing in inverted commas or whatever. Freestyling or whatever you want to call it. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Von Erie just comes in and starts attacking Suyo. Yet we're bringing in Dragon Gate stories into a shine show. This is even more awkward. Yes and no. Because it's kind of, it's under the, uh, the WWN network, so in a way it makes sense. But. Yeah, I guess. But. But my problem with this is 
in uh, the Dragon Gate USA slash Evolve world, Su Young is the heel. Now, granted, uh, Vaniri is a face in, in both Shine and in the Dragon Gate USA <clears throat> slash Evolves, but I think my problem with this is that Stu Young is a face in Shine, and it doesn't really work, in my opinion. So, yeah. to me, it, in order for this to work out, you have to make Stu Young the heel in order to make this work, at least in my opinion, because you, know, you can't have Stu Young as a babyface in Shine, but she's a heel in the Dragon Gate slash Evolve. So it's going to be and a then big we come, And then we come to the next match. Von Erie taking on Su Young's friend, uh, Lever, who was dressed up as Tonto, which I think the crowd didn't get because they didn't watch the Lone, movie, Lone Ranger movie either. But... Uh, this this match this match is something that I haven't said in a while, but this match is a fail because after about five minutes, Von Erie decided to use a steel chair at ringside, and in previous when that's happened, the referees let it continue, but this time the referee called for the bell. And said it was a DQ. What? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah, this was uh, nothing really special. Um, they were just fighting on the outside. Kind of slowly, you know, not with, uh, I guess, with effort. Uh, not not to try to blame on the girls, you know, but I'm sure they were told to do this. But, you know, then Binary throws a chair it looked like she just tossed the chair to her and like Leva had to sell it like, you know, she threw it a force. And then the ref called for the DQ. I'm like, seriously? Like like that? And and the crowd really didn't didn't care. They they just didn't know how to react to this and uh, I guess they were still dead from that uh oh no horrible performance from the people. Yeah, it only started getting interesting from afterwards. Because then Su Young tried to attack Von Eri back. Uh, for what happened, but uh, Tracy was stopping her. Then Lever does the best sweet gym music I've seen since Shawn Michaels retired. And then, due to the fact that none of the cameras at WWN Live have microphones, and this was a constant problem throughout the night, people were talking to the cameras, and unless you were a very good lip reader, you wouldn't have a clue what they're saying despite the fact they're probably cutting something key to the promo that's supposed to be going on to their next match. Which is a problem. Oh. I can't I can't do it for dramatic purposes on here, but imagine if, you know, I, I just move my I just move my lips on my mouth and didn't say anything for like forty five seconds when I was trying to cut a scathing promo on somebody. It don't work. I I didn't catch that, but that's kind of weird. Um, and to uh, make a clarification, uh, when I said horrible performance from the Pierce match, I'm not talking about the match itself. I'm just talking about from the group performance. You know, the musical yeah. group, that's what I'm referring to. Dead Starsky for the dead crowd. And next up is 
when we started getting good. And this is a, this is the one that everybody loved slash hated. And the, the crowd was even more dead here because they were confused, I think. Because this is Kimba Dramatic Pause Lee versus Kimberly. Crazy Kimberly. Yeah, crazy with a K. I don't know. Thing Kimberly. And basically the first part of the match, even before it started, was that they were like pointing to each other. It was like, I'm Kimberly and you're Kimberly and saying it at the same time. And then they kind of, even before the match started, when they kind of legit did this, they did a Marx Brothers style, you know, the Marx Brothers scene when it's like the fake mirror bit. Yeah, they kind of did that throughout the the whole thing, you know, when they were being patted down by the referee to make sure they didn't have any foreign objects on them or anything. They were legit just copying each other's uh, behavior, which is even like pointing at each other, saying, "Hang on, what's she doing?" <laughs> and then eventually it became into a proper match and. Uh, Kimberly getting the win with the gory bomb to the cloverleaf was actually nice. Obviously, Kimber Lee um, was a lot disappointed with her work. And again, she said something to the camera, but because the camera didn't have a microphone, we didn't hear what she actually said. And I think Kimberly did that as well. This is something that we kind of need to have fixed. I know that la- the music's probably played so loud in there that it would probably cause feedback on the camera, but if these talents are going to keep doing promos, I'm going to have to get, you know, some deaf person in that's very good at lip reading to tell me what they're actually saying. Oh. Myself, I was looking forward for this match. And to be honest, I was a bit disappointed. Simply because I felt that the match ended short. I kind of thought that it would have went on for uh, maybe 10 to at least 15 minutes at best. I did enjoy Every the... Match um, ran short. Yeah, I did enjoy the, uh, the first few uh, minutes of, you know... Of both Kimbers, you know, doing that, uh, you know, mocking mirror uh, segment, I guess you want to call it. I enjoyed that. Um, but I was just really surprised when the match just ended so abruptly. I'm like, what? Like, seriously? I was looking forward to this match. Um, bit disappointed that it ended short, but uh, for what it was, it was okay. Next, we had uh, the freeway triple threat, whatever you want to call it, for the number one contendership to the Shine title, as Ivelisse took on Jessica Havoc and Mia Yim. This was your first very good match of the night, in my opinion. It was a good, typical kind of freeway match that you'd expect, uh, with all of them getting a nice showcase and uh 
some nice there was a really nice bit as well which also didn't make sense with Havoc being put in the tarantula by Mia Yim and then Ivelisse going after Yim surely you'd go after the one that was actually suffering from the hold not the one that applied it but anyway um, after an air raid crash on Ivelisse Jessica Havoc won out and would go on to uh, take on Rain later in the night. Mm-hmm. Um, this match was uh, a lot better than the other matches. I will say that um, some of the some of the people in the crowd were awake. They actually reacted to some parts of the match. Um, you know, I enjoyed it. Uh, nothing bad from it. Uh, it's just an interesting thing after the match. Uh, Rain came out and congratulated uh, Jessica Havoc on the win. And she wanted the title match to happen right there and then. But then uh, Lexi Fifey came out and told her that she's going to have to wait until later tonight. And then we move on to a, another segment slash match. And tell us what happened, Ashley. Well, that was the interval. That's that's the first thing worth noting. You've had four matches that have lasted about 57 minutes in total, which if you take out all the ring intros is probably about 40. So on average, 10 minutes a match, and you're already at your interval. Bear in mind that the last, or the last couple of Shine shows haven't had intervals. They've been, from what I remember, solid straight-through matches. Certainly the last well, one was when they had the tournament. Yeah, well, after intermission, you know, tell us what happened. Von Erie came back out and apologized, saying, you know, it's got, it's got nothing to do, you know, the, basically explaining the whole Mia Yim situation and Dragon Gate and everything, partially. But then basically saying, you know, it was a mistake for her to throw the chair and the DQ to happen. So she wants a rematch with Lever, who comes out and basically says that it's nothing personal against you. It's just me and Young don't get along. And then they had the match. And this was an okay match because this was more, this was more like a match. And then, just seemingly randomly, not, I think, five minutes in, but a little bit longer into the match, Von Erie, apparently unhappy at the ref's call, just decides to clothesline the crap out of him. And then somebody rang the bell. I I don't know why they rang the bell, because it took the referee ten seconds to give the signal to ring the bell. Uh Which you'd have thought... It wouldn't be an instantaneous ring the bell. The referee would have to go, look, I got hit, ring the bell. It wouldn't be person gets hit and then just randomly ring the bell. Oh, this. Yeah. And Lever um, was obviously pissed off again and again cut another promo that nobody could hear. <laughs> yeah. This was a 
somewhat a bit better than their first match. It definitely lasted a bit longer, you know, but then you had this ridiculous finish. And not only when the bell rang, even though the ref was down, you know, Lenny made that, he mentioned that during commentary, like, why did the bell ring? You know, I guess timing was off, but at the same time, you have another DQ finish, which is ridiculous. And I don't know if they're going to have another rematch at the next show. Maybe that's possible, but it seems like they might be uh, having the match between Vineri and uh, Sue Young more than likely. But, uh, you know, I really don't like matches when you have uh, DQ finishes. And the fact that we had a, two of these on the same night is just ridiculous. I don't really like that. And, you know, so far, I'm not really, uh, uh, I'm not really happy with the, the show so far. Yeah. Which is a shame. This, this is the first possibly ever weak challenger. Probably. From what I can think of anyway. Um, next up, this got complicated as well. Uh, we had Brandy Wine, accompanied by Malaya Hosaka, taking on Santana, who was accompanied by Amber O'Neill. This started going on, but throughout, basically, Hosaka and Wine were basically just trying to take advantage uh, of their heelish ways. And it was kind of becoming like a double team thing. So basically, Amber O'Neill came in, grabbed a mic, and said, Okay, I'm sick of this because the referee isn't seeing any of this. Considering you're dressed for fighting and I'm dressed for fighting, why don't we make this attack match? So then it becomes the team of Brandywine and Malaya Hasaka taking on Santana and Amber O'Neill. Uh, which resulted in Santana getting the win for her team with a Shining Star press on Brandywine. So, why were the other two involved if they weren't even involved in the match finish? Well, I don't get it, but... Um, it, it, it is what it is. So. Yeah, this was, this was kind of... This, is, uh, this was an okay to good one. The okay bit was the one-on-one match. And the good bit was when it was a tag match because there actually was... I think this was the longest match of the night, nearly. Uh, probably because it was yeah, two prob- matches in one. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, I... Uh, personally, I enjoyed more the uh, the tag match rather than the singles match. Um, yeah, it was still a good match overall. Uh, although, I... I, I there were some parts where I felt it kind of went on a bit too long, and I wouldn't have mind if this match in particular had ended a bit short. But, um, you know, good to see, uh, you know, Santana, you know, still going over, you know, still uh, getting over with the fans in attendance, even though they were, you know, pretty much dead throughout the night. But, um, you know, it was, it was a good tag match. <laughs> and this next match is where it got extremely interesting. Probably match of a night for me. Um, Mercedes Martinez versus Amazing Kong. Uh, 
one, it was awesome to see Kong um, in the outfit that she was in. You know, she wasn't in her usual kind of um, gladiator-style get-up. She was in a... Uh, I don't know how you describe it. Like a sequin kind of dress-style thing with... Uh, I don't know if it's because she mislaid her costume or whatever that she normally has or uh, because of the uh, slimming that she's doing it doesn't fit her so she's transitioning to a new thing I did like the new look for her and then what I also liked about this match is this was a heck of a technical match which considering both these girls are powerhouse kind of uh, wrestlers it was it was brilliant and weird to see them in a technical style affair. What I loved, though, on the commentary was basically saying, well, the crowd is stunned into silence by this match. No, it's because they were asleep. But, you know. Um, one thing worth noting as well, Daphne was watching uh, from uh, the entrance, the wrestler entrance kind of area. And uh, was seemed to be satisfied with Martinez losing as Kong won with a back this followed by an impact buster. But uh, yeah, this was a very good match. I just, it's a shame that the crowd didn't even probably see it. Yeah, I'll agree. This was a good match. And uh, it seemed like Kong was, he, she looked uh, a bit flashy and. Uh, I guess very uh, diva-ish, if you want to call it that. That's what she kind of looked like. And, you know, she she looked great. You know, uh, losing a you know a couple of losing some weight there. She looked fine. Uh, she didn't re- she didn't really miss a beat. You know, she wrestled like she always does. You know, very hard hitting. You know, and you can't really go wrong with these two girls. And you know, they. They did what they always do and, you know, kick ass. But it's a damn shame that the crowd was just dead throughout the match. This was a good match, but uh, just sad that the fans just sat on their asses, just not really reacting to anything. Yeah, definitely. Um, So we go from there to, I guess, the... I don't know what this was, but this was... um, the debuting Shanna versus Angelina Love. And then just to kind of prove that she's supposed to be the bad person, a la Mick Foley when he was in Philadelphia for mind games. Shanna cut a promo basically saying, ah, I'm below all of this. I'm from Portugal. Exactly the same promo Mick Foley did back in 1996, ladies and gentlemen. Except he isn't a woman and he isn't from Portugal. But anyway. Um, this was a good match as well. Very good. Um, this was a very good match as well, in my opinion. Uh, you know, no, none of, key, key note for these. None of these matches I've said have been excellent or great. They've only been very good. So, uh, which is certainly a change from some of the previous shine shows but uh it was 
with the reputation that Shanna has, it was uh, a good debut from her, I felt. And um, a good showing from Angelina as well, certainly. Uh, but uh, clearly what happened with that led to something that came later on in the night. But we'll get to that for uh, a bit later. But Sandra, your take. Uh Personally, I going into this match, I really didn't know anything about Shauna, but I heard a lot of, uh, uh, I guess, positive feedback from her, and she has, a, I guess, I guess, a good reputation in the ring. So, you know, I kind of had high hopes from this chick, and the match itself, it was actually a better match than I expected. Uh, this was a really good match. I enjoyed it from start to finish, and. You know, the crowd was a bit more awake during this match. And, you know, that was, a, you know, kind of good to see. Uh, I enjoyed Shauna for what she did, you know, doing the heelish, uh, her ways, you know, portraying that, you know, Portugal is the best, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, um, you know, first time seeing her, you know, she really impressed me. And uh, looking forward to see her more... Not only in Shine, but in other North American promotions, as far as women's wrestling is concerned. Question is, did Portugal qualify for the Football World Cup this week? No. Did America? Yes. Did Canada? Woo-hoo. Sadly not. So that kind of annoys uh, Angelina, probably. That's going to be interesting, though. One of Mexico or Canada is going to miss out. If it's Mexico, mm-hmm. I think they could be, you know, riots. People with Lucha Libre masks will be ripped. Their mask will be ripped off by uh, people because they'll be so pissed. I don't know. Uh, I don't care if Mexico is out. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> USA anyway. is in it, so. Woo. Overly happy. Um, so, main event. Jessica Havoc versus Rain with the shine title on the line. This was a very good match as well from these two. Uh, a lot of it, good interaction between the two, and especially Kay, considering what happened the previous month. A lot of working on Havoc's leg and knee area. Because obviously, if you remember from the last show, Soraya Knight beat the crap out of her chair, not once, but twice. But... uh it, the night, the finish was actually a very nice one, which I think deserves to be described. Havoc was going for the air raid crash again, like she did earlier on in the night. But I'm guessing they're supposed to. I'm guessing they're going to say her knee buckled because she immediately fell down, and uh, Rain managed to basically cover her. And then, while the referee was doing the count, April Hunter came in and basically gave some leverage to uh, help to help Rain retain. But to be honest, in the with the way her leg was, I don't think it would have been that much different. But uh, yeah, it was certainly. A, I'd, I'd say it was a good match. I don't think it was good as the uh, Mercedes Kong one, but uh, still a good match. 
uh, I enjoyed the match. Uh, another good match. Uh, I did enjoy the uh, storytelling of Rain working on the left knee of Havoc throughout the match. I thought that was really good. Uh, the way it ended, uh, I don't mind, to be honest. It's pretty much, you know, Rain being Rain. You know, she's the heel. And, you know, she she knew that it was it would be a bit hard to defeat Havoc. So, you know, she had to do what she had to do. And, you know, I enjoyed it. And, um, yeah, overall, the main event was good. And so she can beat Mia Yim clean, but Jessica Havoc, she needs assistance. Okay. <laughs> well, I already gave the explanation. But yeah, yeah, true. After the match, um, Ivelisse came out, and both her and Rain uh, attacked Havoc and started to attack her left knee. And you know, this went on for a couple of seconds until uh, Amazing Kong came out to help out, and then eventually Angelina Love came out, and they both cleared the ring. And Angelina uh, took out Rain, which uh, I believe was with the. Uh, Botox injection, which is the bicycle kick. Yeah. And she grabbed the bell as uh, Rain was down on the mat. And she posed with the bell. And it looks like for the next show, we might have uh, Rain defending the title against Angelina Love. I think that's confirmed. Because pretty much soon after um, Shine was over, they did announce that. Love would be the new content, the new number one contender. I, I, cut, I don't know if they had any other matches added. I think there might have been, but certainly the main event is going to be Rain versus Angelina Love. I know that. So, so your yeah, your grade and match of the night. Well, match of the night is Marti- Mercedes Martinez versus Amazing Kong because it was a. It was a pleasant surprise, shall I say, with the the way the match went, certainly. Overall, B-. minus. The first half of the show was nothing incredible, arguably apart from the three-way match leading into the title match for later on in the night. And the opening bit of the second half wasn't entirely good either because of the whole weird stuff going on with the DQs and uh, the the um, you know the the music stuff at the start which really seemed to really not fit at all but then it you know it would have got a B but it gets B minus just because of the crowd if you, if you can't get the right crowd in, Shine, don't bother doing a show. Because <laughs> to be quite honest, and I know some people may argue this, but a good crowd is what makes a good show as well. Mm-hmm. If you if you know if you've got the fans there that know their stuff and everything and like the hell out of it. Case in point, Shikara, PWG, even Ring of Honor, even WWE, even to a point TNA, have had better fan reactions than what we had for Shine 12. And you know by saying TNA, I'm nearly scraping the barrel on that. 
So yeah, B minus from me. Um, your your match and uh, thoughts on the overall thing, Sandra? Well, match of the night for me, I'm actually going to go with the uh, Angelina Love uh, Shana match because I it was a better match than I expected. Uh, I wasn't expected a, a good match from the two. Uh, I don't know, just because of different styles, and I really didn't know Shana that much as far as her aiming work, so wasn't really sure what to expect um, when I first heard of the, the card, but it really surprised me, and I enjoyed it for what it was. And as far as grade, yeah, I'm going to have to agree. Uh, my lowest grade uh, for this podcast period, as far as reviewing shows, yeah, B minus. The first half was just not good. Um, matches ended short. I'm disappointed with the uh, the Battle of the Kimberleys match. Um, that match itself was okay, but it could have been better. Uh, the second half was a bit better. I did not enjoy the uh, the Bonaria Leva matches simply because they both ended in DQs, and as I said, I'm not really a fan of that. Uh, the last three matches are probably worth watching, but I don't. I'm not sure if I want to say this. I would probably say just skip the show you know even though like the last three matches are worth watching as well as the three-way uh number one contenders match but the rest of the show was like ugh just needed some i i don't want to say they needed help it's not really the the wrestlers fault it's not really their fault it's mostly the fans just being dead throughout the entire night as i said before i think they were just new uh fans that really didn't know anything about this product and didn't know what to expect um maybe that's why the crowd was just dead throughout that night i don't know but i know they can do a lot better than this and i'm hoping for the next show we could get a better reaction from the crowd and hopefully a bit longer matches was it going it wasn't going head to head with anything that night was it I, I don't remember, to was, be honest. It was the only show that was happening that week. Well, at the same time, it's a Friday night, but at the, but they still drew, like, a, a good crowd. You know, but like I said, I, I think... Yeah, it numbers, used... it was probably about the same as it normally is. It's just the people that were representing those numbers weren't that big into it. Yeah, like I said, I, I think it was just new fans that were watching Shine for the first time, and they probably didn't know how to take it. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, that's our definitely candid thoughts on uh, Shine 12. Hopefully it does get better for Shine 13 uh, in a few weeks' time. But with that, we're going to take a final break. And when we come back, previews of quite a few shows coming up this weekend. Plus, we do have an email in for sh- uh, for show. I don't know why I shouldn't have said it like that. Randy's going to disown me. Uh, we have got an email in. There we go. That's what I was just saying. 
cut with some stuff that we uh, can definitely cover. So we will see you in a few minutes for the final part of this week's whole indie show here on the SNS Radio Network. and every midweek with Chuck W and each weekend with William Walkie Walker and Mindwipe exclusively on the SNS Radio Network and the Chris Jones Gaming Network. Yeah. This is going to be fun. Everybody, the Bronx Father here. If you can't get enough of wrestling talk, conspiracy talk, and outright craziness, then you need to listen to Unplugged with myself and Jeff Jackson every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Mountain. Check it out, or you might just miss moments like this. a seat at the table with us when we meet, but also we leave an unburied slight edge of the hatchet that we've carried over the years. And other gutless and heartless God-fearing men urge us to lay rest forever. Face it, neither one of us were ever any good at Stop it, Harmony. Stop it. Stop it. You're fucking me up. I'm trying to do this. Stop it. Go out of here. Go. Go. Leave the studio. Leave the studio. This is not my kid. This is my wife. Come on. All right. Let's try this again. Oh my God. And impersonating the warrior, take two. All right. Cool. Hey, Sid. Either one of us were any good at being bored or boring others. So coming prepared to kill 
one another makes an interesting backup plan. Should I lie on the lawn and get run over by the lawnmowers? Oh my god. Her laughing in the background sold it. I'm dead. I'm dead too. Anyway, oh, did I tell you guys how much I love the Warriors? Uh, anyway, yeah, I think we can both agree that we're Warrior Mark. So if you don't like it, fuck you. Every Thursday, the SNS Radio Network gets in the ring and starts running the ropes. When I watch, I, okay, I, wa- I caught SmackDown again. I caught, she- I skipped Sheffield's gimmick, and I couldn't help but to think that his new gimmick sounds like an Arby's uh, roast beef sandwich. Join Brian Maverick Bertrand and Chris Kelly from HeadlocksHeadlines.com as they talk about every random thing going on within the WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor, and the NorCal Independent scene. Running the Ropes also features interviews with stars from the past. It's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog Jesse James. Present. What's going on, this is Kazarian. And this is the Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels. And Future. Hey guys, it's Rima Fatih. And so much more. So join the guys every week on Running the Ropes, right here on the SNS Radio Network. Gone are my blues and gone are my tears. I've got good news to shout in your ears. The long lost dollar has come back to the fold. With silver you can turn your dreams to gold oh, We're in the money, we're in the money We've got a lot of what it takes to get along And welcome back we're to the final the part money. of this week's Holding the Show with Ashley and Sandra uh, Before we get into any previews We have got an email in from, as ever, L-Train uh, Giving us some of the results from Last Friday's EWF show that we did cover uh, the preview of last week. Um, the opening match saw the Viking Warrior face the EWF American slash Lebanese champion, Prince, Rahi- Prince Rasid Mohammed Abdullah Najjar, accompanied by Uday Ukleja. Oh, blimey. I've done it again. Sorry, Eldre. Uh, after Warrior started to mount a contact... Uh, to mount a comeback. Oh, oh even worse. Uh, Rasid cornered him in the turnbuckle while Uday tied his hair around the metal hook. Then Najal continued the assault and was eventually disqualified. Finally, Uptown Andy Brown ran in for the save, but the Viking Warrior's hair was so entangled in the corner that the Deputy Commissioner, handsome Johnny Starr, had no choice but to cut a chisable chunk of it out in order to free him. So the Viking Warrior did win the match, but Najjar retains the title. Next, we had uh, Hudson Envy come out to the ring and mention that due to a back injury, Tab Jackson had to forfeit the best of seven series, making Envy the winner and allowing her to start competing against the male wrestlers. Hudson says that Tab has been left in her shadow and possibly ended her career. She's beaten every girl in SoCal over and over. More, some more than once or twice and the EWF doesn't have any more women that can hang with her and then suddenly Tarasso comes out laughing at her and takes the mic saying that 
just because you beat Tab, you think you can hang in the men's division? Envy tries to take the mic back several times, but Tarasso says he's not done, stating that a man is talking right now. He says if she wants to wrestle guys, she should be like the fans and buy mask belts or play video games. Finally, uh, Hudson slapped him down, bringing Johnny Starr out. Star states he's more of a traditionalist and prefers men v men and women versus women. But if Envy really wants to wrestle a man, or boy, as he stares at uh, Terrasso, then get a ref out there. Uh, the match starts up between the two, which apparently is a nice match until Terrasso walks off, mocking Envy outside the ring until he's counted out. So Envy wins the match, but obviously is angry. And takes off after Terrasso with a chair. Does she get DQ'd for that? Shine, hey? I don't know. Um, the Mega King Tommy Wilson faced the ringscoops.com champion Radical Ross. And while staring down the announcer Wade Needham most of the time, uh, Wilson defeats Ross with a super kick for a very decisive win. Uh, his assault continued afterwards until the former tag team champion Roger Ruiz comes out to fight Wilson and then another impromptu match starts. And then despite being gone for a few months, uh, Ruiz does put up a great fight until Wilson delivers a powerful sit-down powerbomb for the win. Uh, then we had the tag team match next as the Fallen Empire defended against the former champions, the Von Dooms, who were accompanied by Terra Calloway. The uh, Fallen Empire gained an early advantage in the match and mocked their opponents as Mondo Vega managed to dislodge Viking Warrior's hair from the corner and threw it in Cyanide's face while putting the boots to him. And after a comeback, the Von Doom's Vintage Dragon had Vega rolled up, but the referee was distracted with Taylor and Cyanide, which allowed Vega to reverse it and use the ropes and retain the titles. Then after intermission, Scorpio Sky faced B-Boy in what's said as to be a very strike-heavy match, which isn't shocking considering who's in it. Excellent match overall, and after one ace of spades wasn't enough, a spinning kick to the head and the second ace of spades gave Scorpio Sky the victory. And then the main event saw EWF heavyweight champion Iron Man Mike Mays beat, or sorry, take on Big Duke. Uh, the match started with a few surprises as Rico Dynamite and Tommy Wilson came out to watch at ringside. Duke almost had the victory after a powerful boot to the face. But Mays rolled to the outside. He then hit the big elbow and went for the pinfall. But Rico Dynamite hit the ring and attacked Mays, causing a DQ. As Wilson hit the ring, uh, Mays tried to fight them both off, but was jumped by Brute Beretta. As Big Duke uh, got to his feet, as he saw the attack, he received a super kick from Tommy Wilson. A few people from the locker room men tried to help, but were beaten down as well by all three men. Johnny Starr comes out to try and break up the chaos, and then the shoving match between King and Starr breaks out. Then suddenly, uh, Brute's music starts, and out comes the returning Marty Elias, a.k.a. Shawn Michaels' favorite ref. <laughs> uh, a star turned background, he received a super kick from Tommy Wilson. Elias kneels down to a KO'd star and asks if he thought he was gone forever. Well, guess who's back? Then he had Wilson chokeslam star and stated the entire EWF was officially put on notice as the show closed out. So, why are EWF trying to sort of copy PWG? Because from what I can 
tell from these results here. You've got uh, Wilson, Brute Barreto, and Rico Dynamite. Then, from out of nowhere, Marty comes out. And then Marty is siding with uh, seemingly the heel faction. And then putting the entire company on notice. It does seem like some sort of carbon copy. Uh, I guess in a way, but at the same time, you know, what other promotion has to copy, you know, a certain angle or storyline? So yeah, uh, but I just find it ironic that the timing of it, anyway. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand that. Uh, Six days I know, afterwards. I guess they're trying to. Uh, I don't know, want to catch the eye of, I guess, the fans in the SoCal area, you know. True, definitely. So, uh, thank you very much for the email, L-Train. Um Now, next up is preview time for all this weekend's coming shows. Now, I think I might need to do some explaining here. The reason why we had the music for the segment when we came in, as we did, because uh, it has sort of historical significance. That track, Ginger Rogers, Ginger Rogers performing We're in the Money, was from a film taken from 1933. The same year that CMLL started. So with that, we'll start this week's uh, previews of events for, for the, uh, or with, should I say, the 80th anniversary show that will be streamed live for free. The link is available on our Facebook page. And we'll have a quick run through the, res- uh, through the result, or results, through the card so far. The results already, that's a bit awkward. But. Uh, we've got Fuego, Ray Cometa, and Stuka Jr. taking on the team of Tomohiro Ishii, Namo Diage, and Shigeo Okamura. Did I get that all right? Yeah, you got it uh, pretty uh, accurate. Yeah. Because I don't know how to pronounce any of the rest of them confidently enough, I'll let you do the rest of it. <laughs> I don't want to screw this up. It's their 80th anniversary. Come on. That, that's why I understand that. Uh, next match is a uh, six-man tag as uh, uh, Titan, Maximo, and Brazo de Plata, or you might know as Super Porky, to take on the team of Euphoria, Mephisto, and Niebla Roja. Uh, next match is a wild card six-man tag in which you have a team of baby faces and heels to take on another team of baby faces and heels. Uh, on one side, we have Negro Casas, Terrible, and Shocker to take on the team of uh, Marco Colleone, uh, you might remember as Mark Jindrak, Rush, and... Bagley's. Uh, should be an interesting match there. 
Why is the bloke that did the Chariots of Fire soundtrack in this match? I don't know. Oh, it's not Vangelis, sorry. It looks like Vangelis, that's the thing. As it's written down, it looks like Vangelis. (laughs) Well, well, that's how it's spelled, so take it for what it is. Anyways, uh, the next match is a uh, hair versus hair match as Blue Panther will take on Averno. Uh, kind of surprised that they're having another stipulation match, but uh, should be another interesting match here. Uh, next match is for the CMLL Trios titles as the champions, uh, the team of Valiente, Mascara Dorada, and Mystico, uh, that's Mystico version 2, to defend the titles against uh, Dragon Rojo, Bolvara, and Rey Escorpion. Should be a very interesting uh, high-flying match there. Very fast-paced match. Uh, and then we come to uh, the main event uh, of sorts, as it's going to be a wild-card tag team match. As I said before, like the previous match, we have a team of a Rudo and Technico to take on another team of... Uh, Rudo and Technico, as the uh, team of Atlantis and Ultimo Guerrero to take on the team of La Sombra and Volador Jr. Now, the stip is for this match, uh, the winning team of that match will meet immediately in a mask versus mask match. Now, uh, as I said previous before, originally a lot of speculation was to have the mask match between Atlantis and Ultimo Guerrero, but then the boogie team decided to switch it up a bit and added Sombra and Volador Jr. into the mix. Uh, personally, I want to see Atlantis and Ultimo Guerrero in the actual main event in the mask match. Hopefully that will happen. And as another bonus, I will make the prediction that Ultimo Gorel will win the match and Atlantis will be unmasked. That's my prediction. What if it's a double DQ? <laughs> uh, Neither team wins. Uh, so. Well, I don't know. There's a chance it could be a DQ, which is kind of stupid, but not really surprising in Lucha Libre, but it could happen. Uh, yeah, as Ashley said, the show will be streamed live on uh, Friday night. The show will start at 8.30 Central Time, so it'll be 9.30 Eastern Standard Time, uh, 7.30 Mountain Time, uh, 6.30 Pacific Standard Time. Uh, I think the show will be pretty uh, solid if you're a fan of the CML in general. Um, I think the match will be uh, pretty good from start to finish. I've been watching the last set of shows on their Friday night, and it's been pretty good so far. I will say that um, there hasn't been a match that has been disappointing to me or show overall. So uh, definitely check it out if you have a chance. And uh, more than likely, uh, when the show is archived, I will try to post it on the Facebook page. Yeah, because I think uh, I tried catching it last week, but caught it too late, which I was annoyed about. Because it's like this broadcast is—I kind of, you know—I didn't even need to translate it. I kind of guessed this broadcast has now finished from 
the rough translation that I did in my head. It was like, oh, this one I definitely want to uh, catch. I was thinking of doing some recording for it, basically, to hide, well, not hide, to kind of cover for the chance that, or the opportunity that I'm not going to be able to record it normally in a couple of weeks due to my uh, other commitments and everything. But I'm thinking what I might do instead is just a shorter show where, um, whether I do it solo or whether I, the other guys are free, I'm not sure, but. Uh, I'll run through results and news and then I'll run through the previews for the following week because I think that week you've got Shine. I think there's a Ring of Honor show as well that week. Um, there's a AAW show as well. So uh, My original plan was uh, originally basically to have a show and just randomly cover it, but because there's some significant indie shows happening that week. I'll just have to record it at another time and put it out there for you guys. Um, I will try to give up to date on the, uh, the whole indie show Twitter page. So uh, if you're interested in, if you can't watch the show live, um, just um, follow us on Twitter uh, at the whole indie. Sh- uh, no, actually, I'm sorry. Uh, TWIS underscore podcast. Yes. And I will give uh, up to the uh, up to the minute updates of the show. Okay. So uh, next up. Uh, wrestling is intense. The show happening in Carbondale, Illinois. This um Hang on. This Sunday. Yeah, same day as... uh, Same day as the Night of Champions pay-per-view. This is wrestling. Yeah, it's intense. Yeah, as I say, from the SIU Student Center Ballroom D. 2.30 p.m. Doors open for a 3 p.m. start time. Front row tickets are... $20, $20, general admission 15 If you've got student ID, you can get $10 off, and children 12 and under get admitted in for free. I'm guessing the student ID thing is just for the venue, because the wrestling is shows don't normally have a student offer. Uh, the five matches currently listed have, uh, we have Sue Jackson taking on Christian Rose, Eric Cannon taking on the Estonian Thunderfrog. Gary the Barn Owl versus the Proletariat Boar of Moldova. The Beautiful Bodies versus the Daywalkers. And Matt Fitchett versus Juan Francisco de Coronado. Uh, also on Sunday afternoon, though, uh, Beyond Wrestling will be having their show. Uh, point of no return in Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, at Fake Music 103, Dyke Street. I don't, I, you know, you make your own jokes there if you want to, but I'm, I'm leaving it. Uh, but as ever with the Beyond Wrestling ones, 
Especially from what I have seen from the uh, internet reaction to the American Rana show that they had. And uh, the Kevin Steen escapade that I saw from it. I still remember the moment from that, which I don't think I mentioned previously. Which I'll, I'll bring up, just because it was at the Beyond Wrestling show, but I'll bring it up after I run through their cards of this show. Uh, we've got a winner-take-all four-way tag team scramble match as the Abnormals of Black Baron and AR Fox will take on Fusion Dance of ACH and Shenron, uh, taking on the Minutemen of Devin Blaze and Tommy Trainwreck, taking on The Hoods, comprising of Davy Cash and Chris Pyro. Next up, there's going to be a four-way elimination match between Johnny Cockstrong, Dan Barry, Yaka, and Oleg the Usurper. Anthony Stone will be taking on Nicholas Kay in a match with the stipulation still to be determined. Matt Haven will be in a non-title match uh, with Casey Ray in his corner, uh, taking on Aaron Epic. Then three first-time ever matches as Chuck Taylor will take on Eric Corvus, Michael Elgin will take on JT Dunn, and Kevin Steen will take on Chris Dickinson. And then it's chapter three as Biff Busick and Drew Gulak will team up to take on the Dojo Bros of Eddie Edwards and Roderick Strong. That should yeah, be uh, interesting combo there. Yes, should be another good show from Beyond Wrestling and uh, a pretty good solid card from them. Uh, looking forward to hearing from uh, the aftermath of the show. So the moment that I want to bring up from Kevin Steen's escapade is, um, yeah, they sell, obviously, before and in the interval, a lot of merchandise, you know, the individual wrestlers, and clearly they have some local retailers as well that also have their stuff. And there was one place that had a, uh, you know, like Best of Zack Ryder DVD, um the best of WCW Nitro, not just indie stuff, but also mainstream stuff as well. But then there's also apparel as well. And in the shot, you see Colt Cabana basically hiding something behind him. And you're wondering, what the hell is it? And he get he steps out the way, and it's clearly an unofficial, like, fan-made T-shirt. Or if it isn't, it was clearly discarded quickly. Because this T-shirt read in memory of Chris Benoit. Ugh. Yeah. I'm still amazed that they're allowed to sell that thing, but anyway. I just thought it was an ironic kind of crazy moment. That hopefully you can only find it beyond wrestling shows. Or hopefully only at that show, because all those... Things don't even exist anymore. But Anyway. Uh, final show we shall cover for this week is CCW again. Except this time it will be an iPay-Per-View because the show is coming from the Fly Skate Zone in Voorhees, New Jersey. And we know that they've got good enough internet to have shows because they've had them plenty of them over the past, what, year or so at least. Yeah, so, cool. yeah, 
Uh, starting off with a tag team match as David Starr and JT Dunn will be taking on four locos, Azrael and Bandido Jr. The war continues as Drew Blood is... Uh, Drew Blood will be taking on Lucky 13 from the Nation of Intoxication. Then we're going to have an intergender lifestyle collision as Pepper Parks and Cherry Bomb will take on Greg Excellent and a partner of his choosing. Now, I'm just trying to work out who Greg might pick. I mean, is there anybody that could be an interesting opponent for Cherry Bomb to face? Um, I don't know. It could be anybody, but uh, we'll, we'll find out what happens. Yeah, we'll see. Um, one I'm definitely looking forward to. The rematch for the CZW World Tag Team titles as Blackout defend against the Assyrian Portal. And then... What is so far billed as the main event, and probably will be, because with Down With The Sickness, it normally is, because it's the Chris Cash Memorial Ladder Match. Uh, it's going to be AR Fox defending against Shane Strickland, Alex Colon, and Andrew Everett, I believe. But... Uh, yeah, are we are we sure it's a four way now? It's not kind of no repercussions are going to come from the other one, or uh, no? The ZZW uh, has confirmed that this is a fatal four way for the belt. Right. Okay. As you can tell, there there is no definitive match set in stone yet for Drew Gulak as uh, CZW World Heavyweight Champion. You'll probably see one added. I can't think who it'd be against off the top of my head. Because obviously Masada's... Is Masada in Japan at the minute? Uh, or is I it Mexico? That he was... No, he's in Japan. Okay, yeah, he's in Japan. Um, um, Mike... I'm not sure... I, uh, there's supposed to be some match uh, involving the front, but I don't recall if um, they're going to face either, I guess, Drew Gulak or, or it might be one of the Chris brothers. I'm not really sure, but I heard something about that. Who's the other one from Four Loco? One Nation of Intoxication that won Best of the Best? Alex Colon? Yeah, because he isn't. He oh no, he's in the uh, ladder match. Okay, I thought it might have been him because oh, normally best of the best goes for the CZW title, don't they? Um, sometimes, sometimes they go after the uh, secondary title, which is, I guess, in this case, is the Wire TV title. Yeah, but we'll find out uh, on the show. Yeah, we shall see. So, um, I think that's everything for us for this week. Yeah, we've got a relatively shorter 
closing segment, so uh, it'll level out to something that's a bit more manageable, hopefully, for everybody. But uh, make sure you check out all the other shows here on the SNS Radio Network. Tuesdays at 9 Eastern, you've got Unplugged with Jeff and Bronx. Um, Fridays at 10 Eastern, you have Get In The Zone with Bronx uh, talking TNA and SmackDown. Then this coming Sunday, you've got Sunday Night Showdown with uh, Jeff, Bronx, Shark, hopefully Harmony as well, covering WWE's Night of Champions pay-per-view. Then I think that's all the live shows that you've got at the minute. But uh, podcast-wise, you've got Elite Force Podcast, both the midweek edition with Chuck W and the weekend edition with Walkie and Mindwipe, uh, Beyond the Bell with Sean Beckerman, uh, Running the Ropes should be back in the next few weeks, and then there's us, and I don't think I've missed anything, have I? about it okay um, and now for all you social needs his social media Sandra that's a stupid nickname why do I say it yeah that sounds stupid <laughs> uh, you can like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash the whole indie show for all the latest news in the world of independent wrestling uh, Lucha Libre and Japanese wrestling also posting a uh, Videos of uh, recent matches from any promotions uh, outside of the national uh, promotions, of course. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at TWIS underscore podcast for pretty much the same thing. And as I said, this Friday night, I will give uh, up to the minute uh, results of the CMLL 80th anniversary show. So if you're interested, definitely uh, check it out. You could follow myself uh, at Sandro T W I S. That's S A N D R O T W I S. You could follow Ashley at Ash is my name UK. You could follow Randy uh, at Ran Ranamself ninety one. That's R A N M C E L P nine one. You could also Follow the radio network that hosts our show at SNS Radio Network. And if you want to get in touch with us via email with uh, any news or views that you've got on the indie product, then uh, or even results from shows uh, that you've been to, let's say, uh, feel free to send them in to... Uh, Whole Indy at snsradionetwork.com. That's T H O L E I N D Y at snsradionetwork.com. If you wonder why there was a pause, I just had a blank moment because I'm uh, running on fumes as we're recording this because I don't know. Anyway, um, one thing I do want to say before we go, even though it isn't indie wrestling related. 
thank you, JR. You know, for your 20 years in the business, I think if it wasn't for your commentary st- and your commentary on all those classic moments from back in the day, I wouldn't have become a wrestling fan, to be quite honest. Because it was JR's enthusiasm for the product and putting it over that really made me a fan of it, in my opinion. Sandro, have you got any thoughts on uh, JR's retirement announcement? Uh, personally, um, I'm not really surprised because when you think about it, he really wasn't being used as far as uh, commentary. Uh, the only closest thing that he was active as far as commentary in WWE was uh, NXT, but that wasn't like every week. That was like every once in a while. Um, yeah. Not really, not really surprised about the decision. Um, I'm very interested to see where he goes from here. Myself personally, I wouldn't mind seeing him doing a commentary for a few indie promotions. Not every shows, but you know. Every once in a while, you know, I think it would be very interesting to see him uh, maybe do one commentary for, let's say, PWG. I think that would be very interesting and entertaining at the same time. Uh, You know, it would be a lot of fun to see. But uh, if he decides to move on, uh, something besides wrestling, um, you know, hope he does well. Absolutely. Um, any other thoughts, Sandro, before we head off? No, uh, just uh, keep telling your friends about our podcast and, uh, you know, we'll keep moving on. Yeah, spread the word, people. Spread it. Spread it like a spread that you put on your toast or whatever. Do people have toast or is it just bagels? I don't know. That's both. Anyway, uh, Song of the Night this week. Uh, I've wanted this one for a while, but uh, I've held it back for, I guess, the most appropriate time when I want to be absolutely chilled out. So, to me, most infamously from the soundtrack to the movie Drive from a year or so back, this is Kavinsky's Night Call. So with that... uh, this was Ashley. That was Sandra. And all of this that you've just heard was your weekly slice of indie goodness. We'll see you next week, people. Have a good week. Peace. AK-47 is ever so nearly free.